Hi, this is Chris Finch. I'm lead pastor of City Walk Church. I want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you don't already know, the best way to stay connected with City Walk Church is with our app. Just go to your device's app store and search City Walk Church to find it. Whether you've been a longtime follower of Jesus or you're just investigating faith, our hope is that this message will help you take your next step in that journey. If you're in the area, we would love to have you come join us in person. For more information or to plan your visit, check us out at citywalkchurch.com or on social media at WeAreCityWalkCA. Morning. How are we doing, CityWalk? Morning, those of you that are watching online. We're thankful that you're here with us as well. Uh, Real quick, before we dive into a brand new series that I'm excited about, my name's Chris, by the way, uh, if we haven't had a chance to meet. Uh, But here in a couple weeks, uh, if you have not been baptized and you've been thinking, man, I am ready to take that next step. I'm I'm ready to take that next step. I'm a follower of Jesus and I'm ready to go public with my faith. Uh, At the end of this month, we're going to do baptism. And so, and if you've been a part of City Walk before, you know that usually what we do after the service is we have a, uh, it's basically a horse trough that has never been used by a horse, so you don't have to worry. Uh, But we fill it up with water, we go out to the side here, and we do baptism. Well, this next time, we're going to bring the horse trough inside, and we're going to fill it I don't know how, I'm not in charge of that part, Uh, but we're going to do it inside as part of the service. And so if you are ready to take that next step, you can go to our website, you can sign up for baptism, and we'll reach out to you and uh, talk with you about that, help you understand what that means and kind of get you ready for the end of the month. And so uh, just a few baptisms ago, I got a chance to baptize my a nine-year-old daughter, and that, it's just a special, it's a special event, it's special to see anybody go public with their faith. Uh, most of you, as most of you know, I mentioned my daughter Kate, uh, Lori and I, we have three kids, uh, we have a 21-year-old son, we have an 18-year-old daughter that plays uh, this right here, and uh, then we have Kate, who's nine, and so because we have a nine-year-old, whenever our family, and you'll, you'll, know how to, you'll be able to relate if you have a niece or a nephew that you babysit, or you have kids or grandkids, whenever it's time to, hey, what are we going to watch on TV? Because we have a nine-year-old, man, we wear Disney Plus out. Uh, we, we go to Disney Plus and we watch the incredible acting ability of Zach and Cody. We watch the incredible acting and just incredible plots of Wizards of Waverly Place. I mean, it's just, it's special. Uh, and and we, we watch those and, and we, we, we watch those about 20 minutes and man, those things are just kind of on repeat at our house. Some of you, you tell me, hey, have you seen this movie or you got to see this movie? It's like, man, I don't have time to because I have to watch, you know, like, uh, good luck, Charlie, four or five. I've seen every episode four or five times. Don't get to watch the movies that you tell me about, but I do know everything that's ever happened in Good Luck, Charlie, because that's what my daughter, she likes to watch. And, and so, you know, she's nine years old. Every once in a while, when we're in the mood for a little bit of a plot in a movie, uh, we, we go and we'll find a, a movie on Disney Plus or a kid's movie that we all like. 
And one of the movies that we've watched recently, and we've watched a few times, and, and you probably have seen it as well, is the movie Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. Some of you, you've watched this movie. You're like, some of you have lived this movie. But, but basically, uh, Alexander is this, this middle school guy who is just going through a tough season. And honestly, who doesn't go through a tough season when you're in middle school? But man, he's just kind of going through a tough season. And instead of his family kind of understanding and being sympathetic for what he's going through, I mean, they're just, their lives are going great. And they're just blowing and going in all their lives. And, and he's going through this tough time. And, and nobody seems to care much until one day. One day when everything hits the fan for every single person in the family. And, and, and if you watch the movie, I mean, it's like the pimple comes on prom day, the, the car gets wrecked, the job interview goes south. I mean, all this stuff happens to all these people in his family all in one day. And I mean, they're struggling through this day and none of them understand why. Like, Why is all this happening? Why is everything going bad? And like I said, some of you, you've, you've seen that movie, and, and as you watch the movie, you, you start to feel bad for him. Like, have you ever felt like where you start to feel like really bad, and you forget that they're characters in a movie? You, you feel bad for them, but at the same time, you're laughing your brains out at, at what's going on in them because things just keep going bad, and nobody knows why. Nobody has an answer. And like I said before, you, you may have seen this movie, or you might be saying, you know what, that sounds a lot like my life. That sounds a lot like the season that I've been going through. I mean, you, you've had some, some rough days in your life, and maybe you're going through a season right now that's been hard, and you found yourself like wondering why. And maybe you've asked yourself the question, like, why do I have bad days? And why do so many of those bad days seem to build on each other? Like, like why am I going through what I'm going through? Why are, why are my days bad? Why isn't it getting better? Why isn't there a solution? And if you're honest, you may have been even questioning God, like, God, what is going on? Why are things not getting fixed? Why are there no solutions? Why am I having such a bad day? And you may even be in a spot, if you're honest, maybe you're watching online and you felt this or you're here this morning, you might even be in a spot where you have begun to question your faith a little bit. Because somebody, and maybe they had pure motives when they were talking to you about it, but somebody along the way made you think that when you follow Jesus, things don't go bad, that you don't have bad days. And, and so you bought into that. And you said yes to Jesus, and you began to follow Jesus. And then you, after you began to follow Jesus, your engine blew, and your girlfriend broke up with you, and your dog died all in the same week. 
And, and maybe it didn't happen exactly like that, but, but you felt some of that tension where it's like, man, I'm following you, Jesus. I, I'm trying to do what's right, but it seems like my bad days keep adding up. I don't have a solution. I'm not sure what's going on. Why? And you've, you've wondered that. And you've thought, man, I, I didn't sign up for this. This wasn't in the contract. I, didn't, I must not have read the fine print because I just didn't sign up for this. And here's the thing. Jesus never said you wouldn't have bad days. In fact, he, he didn't shy away from actually talking about the fact that we will have some tough days. He, he never shied away from the fact that, you know what, things aren't always going to go great. And, and one of the conversations that he had where he talked about this, and he just very straightforwardly, without kind of beating around the bush, he talked to some of his closest followers about some really tough days that were going to come to them. And, and if you were with us last week, we talked a little bit about the, the end of Jesus' life and how he died and rose from the grave. But right before he went to the cross, he had a kind of conversation, a meeting, a meal with some of his closest followers. And, and we pick up this conversation that he was having with some of his closest followers in John chapter 16. And what happens is before Jesus is going to go to the cross, before he rises from the dead and, and kind of all that we celebrated last weekend, he has this meal. He, he talks to his guys about, hey, this is what's going to come. He, he shows them what it looks like to be a servant, to be a leader. He washes their feet. And then he begins to walk them through a little bit about, hey, here's some things that are going to happen. Here's some things I want you to be aware of. Here's some things that are coming around the corner that I don't want you to be surprised by. He kind of has one final discussion with his guys to prepare them for what's ahead. And towards the middle of this discussion, he says this in John chapter 16, Verse 1, he says this. He says, I told you these things. What things? Well, if you, if you look back at the previous chapters, you know that we're in the middle of a discussion that Jesus is having with his guys, and he's, he's, talked, about, he's talked about forgiveness. He's talked about heaven. He's talked about persecution. He's talked about the fact that the Holy Spirit's going to come and dwell them. He's talked about a lot of things, and he says this, I've told you all these things. I've just had this conversation with you, and I've explained all these things to you for this purpose, to keep you from stumbling. I've told you all these things because I want to help you to not fall away. I don't want to see you abandon your faith when things get tough. I've told you all this to prepare you. For what's coming, so you don't fall away. And then he begins to talk through some of what's going to happen to them. He says this in verse 2. He says, they will ban you from the synagogues. In fact, a time is coming when anyone who kills you will think he is offering service to God. I mean, they're having dinner Jesus just washed their feet, and now Jesus is talking about, hey, you're going to get thrown out of the synagogue, and also, whenever you get killed, 
what? I mean, he's not beating around the bush. He's not sugarcoating it. He says, he says this in verse 3. They will do these things because they haven't known the Father or me. So some things are going to happen to you guys, and, and there's some real bad things that are going to happen. Some real tough days are coming, and the people that are going to do this to you, they're going to do it to you because they don't have a relationship with me. Even if they claim to, they really don't know me. They don't know my father. And, and then he goes on in verse 4. He says this, but I've told you these things so that when their time comes, you will remember I told them to you. I didn't tell you these things from the beginning but I, because I was with you. So Jesus says, hey, I've, I've told you these things. I'm explaining this to you now because I've been with you now for three years. So I didn't need to tell you about this. But I'm about to go away and you're going to be by yourself. I'm not going to be with you. And so I got to tell you about some things so that when these things come, you look at them with the right perspective, that you see these things the right way. I'm telling you these things because I want you to be prepared. See, Jesus, he all if you read throughout his kind of the gospels and the things he said, you'll notice that Jesus is, is pretty upfront with his disciples. They don't always catch it. They, they don't always understand exactly what he's saying. They don't always get the point, but Jesus is always up front with them. Most of us, I mean, if we're honest, like we're not necessarily like that all the time. Like we don't necessarily like confrontation. We don't like to inconvenience people. We don't, we don't like to tell people necessarily hard things. We don't like to tell people how they're going to have to sacrifice deeply for something. In fact, we, we kind of downplay those things. We, we downplay sacrifice. We downplay inconvenience because just, it's just not comfortable to talk through that with people. But, but Jesus never did that. And, and Jesus never did that because... Jesus, he understood the big picture, and he could see what was at the end. And so asking people to sacrifice, telling people that they were going to go through tough times, he was okay to do that because he knew how the story ended. See, for us, I think we minimize the sacrifice because we're not confident in the reward. Let me, let me say that again. We minimize, downplay the sacrifice, the hard times, the inconvenience. We, we downplay that because we're not confident in the reward. So we downplay the tough things and we try to sugarcoat the tough things where Jesus, he never did that. He, he, he was honest about the sacrifice required in following him. In fact, he, he tells his guys, he says, I'm, I'm about to go away. And they've heard him mention dying, and he's told them that, hey, when I, when I go away, the, a Holy Spirit's going to come, and, and, and a Holy Spirit's going to indwell you. So he literally says, it's actually good that I go away, because you're going to have the Holy Spirit living in you. But again, the guys don't totally get it, and he talks to them about it. And, and as they, like normal, kind of are having, they're just having trouble grasping this. They're having trouble grasping what Jesus is saying because in their minds, I mean, they're literally hours away from the 
when Jesus is going to be betrayed, when he's going to be crucified, all that's about to happen, they're hours away from that. And for some of them, here's what they're still thinking. Well, Jesus is going to set up a kingdom. And, you know, we're going to be the right hand, the left hand. We're going to be the guys. Like, we're going to have positions of power. And they're still thinking this. So when Jesus is talking to them about, hey, it's going to get hard and you're going to be killed, they're they're just not filtering it right because they're still filtering everything through the fact that Jesus has come into Jerusalem. He's going to overthrow Rome and they're going to be part of the kingdom. They're going to be kind of the inner circle. And so they're just not getting it. And, and it, in their minds, he, he's kind of talking about dying and sacrifice. But we, don't, we don't really buy that. Let's keep talking kingdom, Jesus. And then Jesus says this in verse 20. He says, truly I tell you, you will weep and mourn, but the world will rejoice. You're, you're going to go through some stuff. And they didn't understand, like, you're about to go through some stuff in the next few hours that are going to make you weep. It's going to break your heart. You're not going to know what side's up. And all the while, while you're hurting, other people are going to be parting. They're going to be excited about what's happening. All the while, your heart is broken. He says, truly, I tell you, you will weep and mourn, but the world will rejoice. And then he says this. You will become sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn to joy. The very event that's going to cause you deep sorrow will be the event that brings you joy. And then what Jesus does is he illustrates it with a real life scenario that I'm very unqualified to talk about, and that's having a baby. Jesus talks about, he, he, he kind of he uses having a baby as kind of the illustration. And so since I'm unqualified to talk about what that feels like, we'll just let Jesus talk about it. And, and here's what he says. He says, when a woman is in labor, she has pain because her time has come. And all the women are like, yes. And this is pre-epidural. So, I mean, this is pre all the drugs and all that stuff. And so, you know, so, so Jesus says, he says a very obvious thing. You know, when a woman is in labor, she has pain because her time has come. Then he says this, but when she has given birth to a child, she no longer remembers the suffering. You're like, Jesus, I don't know. She remembers it a little bit. She she no longer remembers the suffering because of the joy that a person has been born into the world. And so basically, the, the pain of childbirth is replaced by the joy of new life. He goes on in verse 22. He changes the say, like, I'm not real qualified to talk about that either. So let me, let me continue to talk through this. He says, so you also have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Your hearts will rejoice and no one will take away your joy from you. He says, you, you guys don't, you don't get it yet, but it's about to get really tough. And you're all going to run. You're all going to be afraid. I'm going to be killed. And your heart is going to be broken. You're going to be confused. But then you're going to see me again. And the joy you will have will overwhelm 
That you're not even going to be able to understand it yet because you're going to feel such pain. You're going to feel such like sorrow. You're going to be so confused. But then you're going to see me again. And, and that confusion and that pain, it's going to be overwhelmed with tremendous joy. You're not even going to remember the pain, the questions, and the fear. It's going to go away. And then he closes his discussion by saying this in verse 33, he says this, he says, I have told you these things so that in me, you have peace. I have told you these things so that in me, you have peace. Not in your circumstances, not in your political candidate, not in your bank account, But I'm telling you these things because in me, that's where the source of peace is going to come from when all the things in life aren't going well. He says, in me. He says, you will have suffering in this world, but be courageous because I have conquered or overcome the world. Again, he's... He's not blowing smoke. He says, you, you will have suffering. It's not going to be easy. You will have bad days. There are going to be tough moments. Your heart is going to be broken. There will be tears. There will be suffering in this world. But then he says this, but, but in the midst of that, be courageous. Because I have conquered the world. See, if, if someone told you following Jesus was a path, to, a path to an easy life, they didn't get that information from Jesus. If somebody made you think, and maybe that's even why you walked away from the church for a season, because somebody told you or made you think that, man, if you just said yes to Jesus, if you just signed on the dotted line with Jesus, if you just began to follow him, life would get better. And maybe it didn't. Maybe it got worse. Maybe it got tougher. Maybe some things happened that you didn't even expect that were worse than even what you were going through. See, I like how Andy Stanley, he says it this way. He says, Christians have never believed in a God who doesn't allow bad things to happen to good people. Christians believe the worst possible thing happened to the best possible person. Like this whole thing's built on the fact that the best person was killed, was crucified, was tortured, was beaten, was humiliated. That's what this whole thing's built on. Then they put his dead, beaten, broken body in a grave. And nobody expected Sunday to come. There was nobody lined up at the tomb saying, all right, it's Sunday. This is what he talked about. It's all about to happen. Get the stands full. Let's be ready. Nobody expected it. Nobody was looking for it. Nobody was a follower of Jesus on Saturday. After he died, they all gave up. But then Sunday came. And Jesus rose from the grave. 
And, and they saw him. That's what we talked about last week. And, and all the sorrow of Friday night and the, the confusion of Saturday and, and the hiding and the fear, it all changed because they saw him alive. Maybe you're here, or you're watching online, you're like, okay, Chris, I get it. Okay, Jesus never promised it would be easy. I get that. But how do I walk through this tough, maybe extremely painful season? Okay, I get it. I, okay, yeah, it's going to be tough. I, okay, somebody lied to me. Okay, I, I realize that now. I, I get it that Jesus never said that it was going to be easy. But Chris, what am I going to do right now with the tough season, the bad day, the confusion? What do I do with it now? And, and here's the answer, and it's really, honestly, it's a great question, and, and we find our answer in the teaching of Jesus and his example. See, Jesus taught us and gave us an example of how important it is to reframe our pain. That phrase, so real important. Jesus, he, he taught us, and he lived it. He taught us how to reframe our pain. I remember a few years ago when, uh, during kind of COVID and when we were kind of doing a lot of online stuff. And I, I remember we literally, I would stand right here. We had about a 13 week period of time where we did online church. A lot of you, you know, what a, a lot of churches did that. And, and so we would come in here and we were so new as a church. We literally barely had any video equipment, but we got a little video equipment and, and uh, we would come here like on a Thursday and they would put the camera right there. I would stand right here and, and I would preach for like 15 or 20 minutes. And some of you watch those. And I remember, man, in the summer, this place, it's, it's hot outside, but this place is so hot that literally you would see, embarrassingly, there'd be just sweat all over my shirt. It was kind of weird. But, but here's what they would do. Because, and they have to do this for me now, because I walk, like if I had my choice, you're glad that we're online because I'd be walking up and down the aisle talking to you guys. I walk when I teach. And so literally what they would do is they would frame me in and they would put little popcorn, plastic popcorn like vases right here and right here. And I was not allowed to walk past those. And so you never knew that because they framed me in so that you would just see like me sweating to death teaching. And that was the frame. That's what we wanted you to see. We wanted you to see that, that frame. But if we were to reframe it, you would have seen a whole different perspective. You would have seen an empty room. You would have seen things on the floor that I wasn't allowed to walk past. You would have had a totally different perspective if we would have framed it in a totally different way. And you know that. You have pictures on your wall. And when you take family pictures, you, you do this. You, you get it so that the frame and everybody looks good in it. Don't go over there because there's like a pile of dishes. Don't, don't allow the camera to see this because there's like dog poop on the floor over here. Like we got to frame it in here so that it's the perfect family. If you widen the frame, you see it differently. Jesus says this. He says, you got to reframe your pain. You got to look at it through a different perspective. Back to the lady having a baby that I'm, again, not qualified to talk about, but, but I, I think I understand this part. So when a pregnant lady walks into the hospital and they know they're having a baby, 
they walk in and, and though they know like this is not going to be an easy process, there's going to be some pain involved. There's a, a joy in them. There's a excitement in them. And if they only saw what was about to happen through the pain that they were going to go through, there would be no joy. And the lady's like, absolutely, there wouldn't be any joy. But, but the reason a lady's able to walk into the hospital with a smile on her face and excited, even though she's in pain already and she knows that there's more pain coming, is because she knows that there's 20, 30, 40, 50, 70 years of memories that are going to be made with this little boy or little girl. And so they frame what's about to happen through the frame of that instead of the frame of the pain. Same with Jesus. I mean, think about what Jesus went through. Jesus went through, and he knew it from the very beginning. He knew what he was going to suffer. He knew what he was going to go through. He, he knew what he was headed towards. He knew, he knew what the cross was. But yet Hebrews 12.2 says it this way. For the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus, he didn't downplay the suffering. He didn't downplay the agony that he was going to endure on the cross. In fact, he, he courageously moved towards the cross, not because it was going to be easy, but because of the promise of the future. He was able to look at the cross with joy, not downplaying any of the tough times, not pretending they're not really there, but because he framed the cross through the frame of what was going to happen in the future, he was able to move towards the cross with courage and with joy. See, you and I can walk through tough seasons with peace and purpose if we follow Jesus' example and reframe our pain. And let's talk about some practical things. How, like, how do, you, how do you practically do that? Well, the first thing's this. Be honest about what hurts. Like, it's okay to admit this is awful. It's okay to admit this hurts deeply. It's okay to admit I don't know what to do. I'm confused. It's okay. It's not like God's up there and like you have to pretend for God. Like, oh, we can't, can't be honest about our pain. No, 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 no. It's okay to just say this is tough. I don't know the answer. This hurts deeply. It's okay. And part of reframing our pain is being honest about what hurts. But then the second thing is this. Trust that there is purpose in your pain. Never, 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 never do you have to downplay that it hurts, that it's painful, that you don't understand. You never have to feel like you have to have all the answers like you're not spiritual if you don't have all the answers. If you're not spiritual if, if you wake up angry some days because you just don't understand. It's okay to be honest about our pain and our hurt. But that second thing's important too. We have to trust that there is purpose in our pain. And what are some of those purposes? Well, well Romans tells us that God's goal for us is that we would become more like Jesus. 
And so we know this, that, that whether it's the best day of our life or whether it's the worst day of our life, that God's goal for those circumstances is that by the end of those circumstances, that we look more like Jesus than when we did at the beginning of those circumstances. And so whether it's the best day or the toughest day, whether it's a day of joy and, man, excitement and surprise where everything's going right, or a day of deep hurt, a, a day when things don't go well, a day when your heart is broken. God's goal for us is in the midst of those moments to know that there is purpose in our pain. And one of those purposes is that God would use whatever we're going through, through to help us look more like Jesus. And again, that doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. That doesn't make it, oh, well, that makes it all feel better. It's just, it helps us reframe that there is purpose. But another purpose might be the, the, the purpose of preparing us for a new season. If you look all throughout Scripture, I mean, you can look in the Old Testament, you can look in the New Testament, all throughout Scripture, you see God taking people through challenging seasons in preparation for future assignments. You look at Joseph, you look at David, you look at Peter, you look at Ruth. I mean, you can go literally all throughout the Bible and you'll see how God used circumstances that were tough, that probably in the moment the person was like, why is this happening? I don't understand. This hurts. I don't see the answer. And God used those circumstances to prepare that person for something in the future. But they didn't know that when they were going through it. They were just going through a really tough season. But yet, God wasn't wasting that tough season. He wasn't wasting that pain. He wasn't wasting that surprise. He was using that to prepare them for something in the future. But then the last thing, and, and this is so important as well. I mean, as we think about how to reframe our pain, we have to be able to be honest if we're not going to be honest, we'll never reframe our pain. We, we have to remember that, man, there's purpose in our pain. But then here's the, the third thing, and this is a beautiful thing. In the midst of our pain, as we're trying to reframe it, one of the things that will help us do that is to remember a better day is coming. A better day is coming. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, because, the fact, because of the fact that Jesus' body was put in a grave and he rose from the grave, a better day is coming. And, and here's the thing, it might not be in this life. That, that better day might not come in this life. It might not come in this 85 years that we have, or 90 years, or 70 years. It might never get better. But a better day is coming because of what Jesus did. Not because we deserve it, not because we've earned it, but because Jesus loved us so much that he willingly went to the cross. He died for our sins. They put his body in a grave and he rose from the grave so that sin would be destroyed, death would be destroyed, and one day everything would be made new. Everything would be better. Revelation says it this way, John, who was 
one of Jesus' best friends, closest followers. He wrote the book of Revelation. And if you ever want to like have your brain spinning while you sleep, read the book of Revelation before you go to bed. But, but in, in Revelation chapter 21, John is he's writing what he's seeing. And he was given this just unique opportunity to see God showed him the future. God showed him what was coming. And so John, man, he's writing this stuff down. And, and this is what he saw in Revelation chapter 21, verse 1. It says this. Then I, John, saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. I also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne. Look, God's dwelling is with humanity, and he will live with them. They will be his people's. And God himself will be with them and he will be their God. There is coming a day where there will be unhindered fellowship with God. And then John writes this. He says, he'll wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more. Because the previous things have passed away. Then the one seated on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. And then he also said, and I think this is comical. Right, because these words are faithful and true. John, pick up your pencil and make sure you got all this. Write it down, buddy. One day I'm going to make everything new. One day there's no more death. There's no more crying. There's no more pain. There's no more brokenness. One day it's going to be all new. Make sure you write that down, John, because that is faithful and that is true. And he wrote it down so that we had it. And, and he wrote that down so that you and I could see in the midst of our pain as we're trying to reframe it and see it the way God wants us to see it that we'll be able to look at our pain and we will know there is a better day coming. There's a better day coming. And it doesn't mean it's going to happen today. It doesn't even mean it's going to happen in this life. But a better day is coming. And not just a better day, a better eternity. And so the 70, 80, 90, 100 years, if you take all your vitamins and eat only spinach and Wheaties, like 100, 100 you know, whatever you get, whatever I get, it's so big to us, isn't it? It's like, oh man, a whole lifetime. Well, what does that lifetime look like in the span of 10,000 years? Pretty small. What does that lifetime look like in the span of 100,000 years? A million years, a trillion years, forever. The pain that we feel that literally is rocking our world. And, and it should be, it's tough. 
as we try to reframe our pain and we're honest about it, we remember that there's purpose in it, but we also remember that in the span of eternity, a better day is coming and there's going to be a day 25,000 years into eternity that we're, we're not even going to remember. It's, it's going to be because of the joy that we're experiencing because of Jesus because of our relationship with Jesus. And so in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our God, why am I having such a bad day? Why is there no solution? What's the answer? We can say to God, God, would you help me reframe my pain? Would you help me to see it the way you want me to see it? And so it leaves me with this question. What challenge are you facing that you need to reframe? Maybe you're like, dude, that's, you're talking my language. Like this, right now I'm going through this. Or maybe this last six months have been the toughest six months of your life. And there's been days you haven't even wanted to get out of bed. You didn't know what way was up. You, you could have some moments where, man, even in this last six months, you've thought of ending your life. It's just been a tough season. Nobody knows how deep and hurtful and the things that you felt on the inside. And God's saying to you today, look up. Reframe. I love you. A better day is coming. And even before that better day is coming, I am making you more like my son today. In this moment. And so you can, just like Jesus did, as, you, as he had to walk towards the cross, and, and he never downplayed the pain, the agony, he was able to walk towards the cross with courage and joy and peace on the inside. And he told his guys, guys, this world, he just told them up front, it's not going to go well. There's going to be trouble. It doesn't matter who gets elected president, whatever side of the aisle you're on that you think, oh, if that guy gets elected or that girl gets elected, it's all better. No, it's not. It's going to be a mess then too. Until Jesus rules in the hearts of every man and woman, it is not going to get better. And one day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And until that day comes, we can look to our Heavenly Father and know that He has purpose for everything we're going through and we can trust Him today. And so in the midst of the challenge that you're facing it's okay to say it's tough. It's okay to be honest at church that, you know what, this wasn't a great week. And what's beautiful about the body of Christ is when, you know what, we're having seasons when things are tough. We have things like community groups and we have just groups of people that get together and lean on each other because sometimes we need somebody else's help to reframe our pain. Because as much as we want to, it's tough when you're all by yourself. And so lean in to Jesus. Lean into community as you walk through challenges, as I walk through challenges, and we seek to reframe our pain 
the way Jesus did. Let's pray. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're watching online, just wherever you're at, quietness of your room or your porch, maybe you're listening to this podcast on your way to work. Maybe you're here this morning or you're watching online and you would say, hey, Chris, there's, there's been a time in my life when I've become a follower of Jesus. There, there's a time in my life where I admitted to God that I had sinned, I had disobeyed him, and I, I, I believed in that moment that Jesus died for me, that he rose from the grave, and I, I started a relationship with Jesus. That's happened. I've done that. Well, maybe even as a follower of Jesus that you are in a a time in your life where you, man, you're, you're struggling. And, and you're, you're struggling with, man, I, I'm going through some stuff. I don't know the answers. I wish it wasn't happening. I wish I knew why. And this morning, maybe it's just, a, just between you and God this morning, maybe it's just, God, just a declaration, just in your heart to God. It's, it's just an honesty. Just between you and God. Maybe you've not told God how it really hurts. And maybe for you right now, it's just between you and God. You're just, just tell God. Tell God what worries you. Tell God what hurts. Tell God what you don't have the answer to. Just tell him. Be honest. And then maybe just in this moment of honesty... You would just ask him, God, I don't know when it's going to get better. I don't know if it's going to get better. But I pray that in the midst of this season, that you would help me reframe this pain, this challenge. Just tell him, just ask him. And it's a daily thing. It's not a, hey, I did that one time and it's all, all, all better now. No, it's, it's, sometimes it's an hourly thing. It's God, help me to see this the right way. Just talk to him. At the end of our service, as the band plays here in a second, we, Glenn and Victoria are down front. Maybe you just want someone to pray with you. They're down here to help you, to pray with you. They'll be here after the service if you just want to talk to somebody. Maybe you're here or you're watching online and you would say, Chris, I'm, I'm not a follower of Jesus. Maybe you're not sure what you totally you know, buy into. You've maybe been hurt by the church. And, but you would say, Chris, I, I am going through a tough season. I'm not a follower of Jesus, but man, I am going through a tough season. And I'm trying to grapple with, with the whys and, and trying to figure this thing out. Well, for you, the, the first step and really reframing your pain the way we've talked about it is to start a relationship with Jesus. And maybe you didn't come to church today to start a relationship with Jesus, but in the midst of this moment, you just feel inside this pull to, to, that's pulling you towards saying yes to Jesus. You don't have all the answers yet. In fact, you've still got a lot of questions but you know that you need to start a relationship with Jesus today. And so if that's you, just in the quietness of this room or wherever you're watching this or listening to this, just between you and God, 
from your heart to God, just tell God, God, I admit to you that I have disobeyed you. I've sinned. Just, just tell him. Just in your heart to God, just tell him now. And then just tell him, God, I believe. I do believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave for me. Just tell God. And then just, just invite God Based on what I believe, God, I'm asking, would you come into my life? Would you transform me? I want a relationship with you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning or you're watching online and you started a relationship with Jesus, or maybe you still have questions, there's a decision card in front of you if you're here in person, and you can fill that out. If you made a decision, or maybe you just still have some more questions, you can write your questions. We'll reach out to you this week. We'd love to answer those questions for you. Maybe you're watching online. You need a card? Go to citywalk.cc, and there's a card there that you can fill out. We'd love to connect with you this week. God, I pray that you would help us all in the midst of a, a world where Things are up and down all the time. Lord, you've told us that things are not going to get better, that there is going to be suffering. But in the midst of suffering, in the midst of this tough world, you have overcome it. A better day is coming. And so we can, in the midst of this tough season, in the midst of all the craziness in our world, we can look to you and reframe our pain. God, that's not easy. We need your help. And so, God, I pray that you would work in each of our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen.